0: What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bridge to Bridge Podcast. I'm your host, Big Mike.
1: And I'm Dom Bay.
0: On today's episode, we've got a legendary guest joining us, one of the best DJs in the history of Bay Area music.
1: Y'all know him, Chewy Gomez, 20-year run on 106KMEL. Stay tuned.
0: Enjoy the episode.
1: Chewy Gomez, man, unbelievable that you're on here. Just next level, man. Next
2: level. Yeah, man. Glad to be here with you gentlemen.
0: <laughs> so so you met me. I'm Mike. We, we met at Juan's birthday. Uh, Dominic is my co-host. Um, Ex-Bay Area rapper was on Wild 94.9. Should have been on 106, but never got that far.
1: You know, it just wasn't in the cards. I had to go to a competitor. It was the best. I wasn't at KMEL uh, levels anyways, so it worked out. You know uh-huh. what I mean?
2: You know, stuff happens for a reason, you
1: <laughs> Yep, for sure, man. For sure. Yeah, man. No, uh, definitely. Lots of Chewy Gomez on the way to school for for me and and the other brothers, which I'm sure you get all the time. It's just like every morning.
2: It was dope, man. It was good times. Um, it was it was something unexpected because I didn't I didn't really want to do mornings ever. Like when I got into radio, like my thing was I want to do overnights.
1: Get on the late night show, mm-hmm. have have folks stopping through between like you know DMX coming by at like eleven forty five, spitting bars. You
2: know, right before you go to the concert, you know, or the or the night club event, you know, stop by, spit yeah. some bars, say hello, what's happening?
0: Hey, can you talk a little bit about how you got into radio and 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 kind of uh, you know how you got your passion for for what you're doing? <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, um, I've always been a fan of radio as a little kid, you know, listening to radio stations and stuff like that. Um, but how I connected to radio is is funny because, um, my buddy Tony Silva, him and I went to college of San Mateo together and, um, his sister was having a party. At a quinceanera and, and I was the DJ for the quinceanera and, um, who shows up to the quinceanera, Marcos Gutierrez, who you may or may not know. He might be a whole different age bracket for you. But he was the hot DJ on KSOL when I was coming up. So he showed up to the quinceanera, and he saw me spitting on the mic, my little bilingual thing. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're about to do the uh, first <laughs> dance. caballeros, vamos a hacer el right now. And he's like, yo, that's my whole stick. You're doing my stick. Hmm. Come hang out with me at the radio station. I'm like, get out of here! No way. So, I get a chance to hang out with the hottest DJ in the Bay Area, and he asked me to come be on the show and and sort of answer the phones and hang out with him. And that's how kind of the ball really got rolling for me into radio.
0: And and when you were when you started, were, were you always spinning hip hop, or or did you? Were you kind of? Did you start doing oldies or or Latin music? What was kind of your your forte?
2: I was a mobile DJ, so I played everything. You know, I played oldies, played funk, played uh, hip hop. Uh, Hip hop was brand new when we started getting to, you know, with uh, Grandmaster Melly Mel and um, Scorpio and stuff like that. So we started off, you know, um, right at the beginning of of the whole movement out here on the West Coast, you know. so that's kind of what, what, what got us moving. But we played everything, you know, so if you hired us to DJ one of your parties, chances are that you hired us because your mom was a fan and you were a fan, and, and we played everything for the whole family. So we got grandma dancing, and we got the kids going crazy.
1: Was was um, uh, DJ Gutierrez, uh, was that at KMEL? So he brought you back to hang out with him at what, what was then KMEL?
2: No, no, KSOL, which was <laughs> – there was a, it was a station called KSO, it was 107.7 on the FM dial. So there was Got KSO, there's Cameo, and then there was KDIA. KDIA was in the East Bay in Oakland. And so this, this station, KSO, was actually in San Mateo, um, over kind of, if you're familiar with San Mateo area, it's kind of like where the Shane companies that or where the Dumpy Hotel used to be at.
1: Oh, yeah, it the Shane. right next door. The Shane Company. Dom the Shane a, Company. Don yeah.
0: does a hell of a good impression of of the Shane. Dom, why don't you give them the impression? I haven't heard
1: it but I used to that fool said, "Welcome down to the Shane Company where we can guarantee your diamond is one of a kind and we'll make sure that you're happy and your family is happy at the Shane Company."
2: <laughs>
1: That's funny. That was that was 24/7 uh uh Sh- that dude owned the diamond business for sure in the Bay Area. He's on the mm-hmm. radio waves nonstop.
2: Nonstop. And yeah, several locations, you know.
1: So, so you were at, at 1077 we KSOL, um, and you were just mm-hmm. were you just kind of interning there to start with, and you kind of get into that and start, like, uh, spending more time at the radio station? Or, or did he bring you on and get you in the mix out of the gate?
2: No, 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 none of that, none of that. I mean, I just kind of basically hung out with him – hanging out answering his phones and then he later asked me to start editing his um commercials you know at the time you know that was when we were still actually still using um reel to reel so you had to actually cut a tape with a razor blade and tape it together this was way before we had boss pros and any sort of program that you can edit phone calls or even edit music or edit anything so we cut commercials and i edit his commercials and we'd hang out at the radio station and um But this was non-paid. This was just interning, hanging out. And he said, "We need to get you on the books." So he said, "Why don't you apply to be something else within the radio station?" So I applied, and I became an employee of the uh, research department, where we made um, calls. Hey, how you doing? Call from research department, and we want to know what station you listen to. Hi, we're calling from the research department. What what is your favorite song right now? And so I I was part of this research department at KSOL. and then they they said, "Well, you know." you're working that part um how about you you take care of our vans? so then I, I i later became the guy in charge of vans i got in charge of washing them detailing getting serviced uh if it needed a new mural a new decal, it needed whatever i was in charge of the vehicles so there was only one vehicle but i was in charge of the vehicle and then i drove the djs to their appearances whether they were at a certain company grand opening they were at Top of the Hill, Daily City, at Matthews, where they were at 7-Eleven, at AM, PM. I went with the DJs. I was a driver. I was the van guy, so I drove them. This is sort of the the, the beginnings of street teams. Right. And then... Um,
0: I, was on San, I was on San Quinn's street team when uh, he dropped uh, Pressure Makes Diamonds uh, way back in the day. We'll get into that,
2: but... Mm-hmm. So, you know, so, I mean, I started hanging out, and I was driving the vans. And then... Um, um, they said, So, what do you really want to do here? Do you want to grab the dance? Do you want to, what do you want to do? You want to be an intern? What do you want to do? I said, I want to be on the radio one day eventually. And they said, Well, let's start getting you prepped and ready for that. So, they made me a board op. And, you know, if you, if you are familiar with what that is, is where you play all the commercials, you hit the buttons. And this is pre automation. Before you had a DJ actually put the needle on the record, hit a cart machine to hit the commercial. Um, so, you actually needed a real live person to hit the buttons. And so they, they put me on an overnight as a, as, a, as a board op. And I did the board op work at the radio station. And uh, after a while, doing that for a little bit, they said, well, you know, let, let's let's see what your chops are all about. You get to read one PSA an hour. And, uh, you know, you read the PSA. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So if you uh, think you have an STD, visit the Clinic of San Mateo, blah, blah, blah. And so you read <laughs> PSAs.
1: I think Mike actually answered. He I, that came through for him. I think uh, at one time bro. he heard the radio show, and because <laughs> that that reminds me, he that might have been really helpful. You might have saved him on that one.
2: That's that's when you were burning, bro. You were burning
0: them, bro. No, no, no. I don't so, know
1: if he was born yet.
0: Hey, so were you were you working like a full time job before? Like, what, how were you making ends meet?
2: I was working in a library, believe it or not. I was the outreach worker at the. uh Grand yeah. Avenue Library in South San Francisco. So my job was to uh, entice kids to come use the library, you know, because a lot of people don't understand that a library has more than just books. They have movies, they have CDs, they have newspapers, magazines you can read and check out, or or just hang out. And then as part of the, the, the movement is the more you came to the library, I gave DJ lessons on Saturday mornings from uh, ten to noon, uh, while before the library opened uh, on the weekends. And so I set up a speaker and, and I set up a DJ equipment and teach kids how to mix. Um, but I was an outreach worker uh, at, at the library, and then I interned in the evenings because he did a night show from right. six to ten PM.
1: The the um, how old were you? Were you in school still when you were doing yeah, the probably uh,
2: right out of high school? Uh, right out of high school, going into college at San Mateo.
1: Did did it did. When was the first time some of your friends were like, "Bro, I heard you reading a, a PSA on the um, radio." Is that you, or
2: I don't think I, my, many of my friends did because that was in the overnight hours. So, so it, was it was mostly late somebody night. else. So yeah, somebody uh, that happened to have an overnight shift or happened to be uh, driving somewhere late at night that they, they, they got a chance to hear me. But uh, it was never my 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 equals, my counterparts, my 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 classmates. It was always somebody's dad. Or somebody's cousin said, "I think I heard you on the radio."
1: Yeah, I was out fixing my car at, at late at night and I uh, had the radio on, and, and I thought <laughs> I heard you. you. Okay, so you're doing that, and then and then what's the next step after the PSAs?
2: After do the PSAs, then they give me um, um, a chance to crack the mic here. You know, try 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 being the DJ. You know, cut the brakes. and so they I, I did, and they gave me an overnight position. So then I became the overnight guy. Um, that worked the overnight shift from, um, you know, at that time I think it was uh, midnight to 5.30 in the morning before the morning show came in.
0: And still doing uh, all sorts of music, not just one genre.
2: Well, that was on the, on the side. That's the, I've always had a mobile DJ company. Okay. Um, but on the radio, it was a KSL, it was an urban station. So we played Vanessa Williams, Frankie Beverly and Maze. We played uh, Cameo. Um, and Marco's had a show called The Nine O'Clock Beat. Where we broke a lot of the stuff like public enemy epmd cypress hill that sort of stuff because at that time that was the time where all that stuff was was hot um
1: so you had your own show at night and, and and did you have like um were they like hey you set the show up how you want or was there like a lot of structure like hey you got to do this or we expect you to play this and what was the freedom for like uh you know the creative there freedom was no like? freedom
2: there was no freedom. I mean, the DJs, believe it or not, um, most radio stations are programmed. Um, the, the, there's a list, a programming list they are programmed director, and there's different positions in a radio station. You got the promotions department that handles all the tickets and giveaways, and the, whether it's Great America tickets, Disneyland tickets, it's tickets to the concerts. That's the promotion department. You got the sales department that sells all the commercials to Shane Company and to uh, Sleep Train and whoever else. Then you got the programming department, they were responsible for programming the radio station and what it sounds like, the overall sound of the radio station. So the DJ just kind of puts their flair over the music that's programmed. Um, but funny you should ask what, what you what you pick because at that time, um, you actually got programmed in colors. So you didn't have specifically a song. You picked the song within the color grid. So you had to play it green, into a red, into an orange. And so that's why those DJs back in the day had their own flavor because they picked the songs, but they were programmed in a specific order because they were color-coded. Um, then later on, um, the color codes went away and it was just a programming list where you pulled card number 175, card number 578, and you played a specific song.
0: So you know, you're DJing. Obviously, we kind of get to the uh mid mid-90s, West Coast, East Coast beef is going on. Like, how was that for you as a DJ? Like I you you probably saw that kind of firsthand with Tupac and Biggie. Like, was that kind of crazy to see as a DJ? As
2: a DJ was, but you know, on the West Coast, we've loved everything. You know, whether it was Midwest, it was it was uh South, it was East Coast, it was West Coast. We didn't play that, you know, this is the mecca of hip-hop. We only play New York rappers, you know. So, yeah, it was a beef, but you didn't really trip. It wasn't that big. I mean, it was more of an artist beef than a radio beef. You know, The, the we still played everything that was
1: – Bay Area had some insulation too because it was like, you know, Bay Area was always still trying to get their props as far as their scene. And so, you know, I'm sure a lot of artists were like – Hey, East Coast, West Coast, like we're just trying to get, you know, eyes on the Bay Area music scene, which, you know, took a long time to get recognition, especially in, in hip
0: hop.
2: Mm-hmm. But in the 90s, it was really big, though, and the beauty of it was that we had so many different styles that came out in, in hip hop, you know, whether it was high row, casual, whether it was Drew Down, Spikes One, Too Short, rap and Forte, Digital Underground, um a lot of these folks you know were from the bay area so these guys all had major deals with major record labels um so um that was the beauty of it that, that, that there were so many flavors you had gangster rap you had like these funny rappers you had the, the 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 pimp rappers you know you had a lot of different flavors
1: for sure my man drew down for sure owned the pimp rappers <laughs> right so how- how did you end up getting to KMEL and, and kind of get, you know, to that, that residency? Like that was a, the dude, that was a run right there, right? 20 years, I think yeah. at KMEL on the morning mm-hmm. show. What, 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 what happened between your first overnight and getting to that spot?
2: Well, I was in KSWL. I was doing the overnight gig. Then I was doing other things. I was doing the Saturday night street party. I was doing the I holy show that. on Sundays. Yeah. I was, um. Um then I started working with uh the station went from KSL to Wild 107.
0: Told you dude it was 107, man. Yeah, Wild
2: 107 before it became 1949, it was Wild 107.
1: Mike thought that one Oh seven became one Oh six. So we'll correct him later yeah. without it'll say, yeah, we'll correct him. He's trying to get, he's trying to drop on me. A, I got you, but we'll see. Chewy's going to bring it around and, and talk he about that
2: part, he part of the story, right? Not, not yeah, yeah. only co- co- for correct. sure, but yeah. So while one Oh seven, I mean, cancel became wild one Oh seven. I was there at wild one Oh seven. Um, and then I started working with a guy named Mancal, who was big out of uh, I believe he came out of Salinas and, um, he heard me in the overnights, you know, wilding out, bugging out. He said, why don't you come be a part of my show? You can be our Goodwill ambassador, and you can drive the vans and, and do the silly stuff on the streets. People already love you, so come on my show. So I started working with Man Cow and I was doing all the stunts from, you know, getting on Bart with a chicken to making people sit on a block of ice to win a pair of tickets. Um, we paid money to my body, had motherfuckers pulling money off of me, uh, however much money you could pull off of me in, in five minutes or, you know, 30 seconds, whatever it was. Uh, so we did a bunch of craziness. I was on the streets. Uh, I went to the, you know, to the local gas station and, and, and got people, yo, we're going to be doing this contest. If you can hang out for 30 minutes, we could do that. And then later on our notorious stuff was when we stopped traffic on the bridge, they kind of put wild One seven on the map. You know, um, we did that one.
0: What was that, stopping traffic on the bridge?
2: Well, uh, at the time, uh, President Clinton had stopped air traffic to get a haircut at LAX. And ManCal calls me up and says, hey, if <laughs> President Clinton can cut his hair on the, on, on, on the tarmac and stop air traffic so he can get a haircut, our goodwill ambassador, Chewy Gomez, can stop traffic on the bridge <laughs> to get a haircut. What? He goes, what do you think? And I'm like, let's do it. I don't care. I don't think much of it.
1: I can hear the sirens now, even though they're not, you know, we're in the
0: zone.
2: <laughs> but you know what's funny? It's like, I didn't think of all that because I didn't really cross the bridge. I live in South San Francisco. I rarely did I cross the bridge. It didn't mean anything to me. So when I'm on the bridge and we're cutting my hair on the bridge and also you start seeing the, the, the traffic helicopters and people blowing their horns and you're stopping traffic at 820 in the morning at peak hours and they're going bananas. And everybody's <laughs> like, "You better get out of there, bro! You better get out of there!" And uh, then all of a sudden, it resonates. Oh shit! I think that wasn't a good idea.
1: <laughs> so, but did you get out? You got out?
2: No, we got out. We got out, and we we got a haircut. And then once people started blowing the horns and people started getting out of their cars, started walking towards us, that was a little scary. So we got in our cars and we took off. But by that point, you know, the, the, we're all over uh, KCBS uh you know all the all the news talk radio stations yeah
0: hey, i guarantee imagine you imagine social media was around dude oh, that have been crazy yeah. viral you got away though
1: no, that's that's awesome dude that the and yeah. plus that's so many years ago they can't they can't dig up that cold case we got to nah. find we got to find the um um the KTLA the Dennis Richmond must have covered that one dude for sure d oh, no, no. it's for, if,
2: it's for sure up there i mean yeah. if you google it you you'll find it there's details on and you know the station got five millions of dollars later on in in, in the
0: lawsuit
1: and wow they
2: ended up giving a free toll for a weekend on the bay bridge
1: who is the mayor of, then do you remember
2: could have been willie brown i don't know
1: yeah maybe
0: frank jordan
1: willie brown wouldn't ha- he, he wouldn't have sued like that he wouldn't have hated like that um so okay so you're on the street team and then how do you end up getting you know uh the the morning show
2: well, that's, I'm still a kid, so at this point, Y107, I'm sorry. I'm still at Y107 there. So it's 92. My girl gets pregnant. I go into the program director's office and I go, yo, I need more money or I need a, 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 a shift or benefits. What can you do for me? Can't do nothing for you.
0: Sounds and
2: coincidentally, right. the guy from from KMEL, this new program director was coming in to KMEL, named Dave Shates, reaches out to me and wants to have lunch. And I'm like, all right, so I meet with him and he goes, I have this idea for a show, interested if you're wondering, uh, you wanna come over to KMEL. Not really interested, I kind of, you know, made my chops at well, slash law 107. I don't wanna leave it. So he goes, well, here, you know, this is what I got for you. And he hands me a piece of paper, gives me a, a note, what he wants to pay me, I'm like, oh, for real? Yeah. And I'm like, does that come with benefits or I'd have to get my own benefits? No, no, that's with benefits and that's, that's your gig if you decide you want to come over and, you know, take a job with us. And I'm like, can I bring this back and see if they can counter it? I mean, I, honestly, that's awesome. I love it. They go, yeah, no, no, no. Take your time. Think about it. Let me know we want to make a move, but you're our first choice to, to make this happen. And I'm like, wow. So I go back. I sit down. And I go, yo, can you give me benefits? I'm about to have a kid. No, can you give me more money? No. Well, this is what cameo just offered me to come over there and do the night show. Okay, have fun. I'm like, ooh. So I literally, you know, left there in tears when I left Wild, wow, but KML offered me a gig, and so they team me and a girl Rosary to do the night show, and uh, they paid me a nice chunk. Uh, it was pretty incredible for the time and and that began my my 20 year stint at came yeah, I did the night show for a few years
0: what's a, what's a nice chunk like for a DJ back in the day at,
2: at that time I mean you gotta, you got to remember the 90s were, were, were heavy i was probably making uh 75 65 75 plus is, bonuses yeah.
1: that's good for the 90s that's oh, great. good oh, yeah. great oh unbelievable yeah
0: I probably right bought, Especially bought a I nice show yeah
2: yeah, I was making 20 bucks an hour at, at, at Wild. You know, I was, I was, I can't
1: even make that now. I'm thinking, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> J-Cab, bro, stop it. <laughs> Times are tough, bro. It's 2020, bro.
2: You're lucky if you're
0: getting in anything. I know, bro. So, so you're over there. You start um, DJing at 106. You see a lot of crazy shit in your 20 years, uh, you know, in shows. Like, I feel like now a lot of radio shows are crazy, man. You're getting, uh, you know, baby in there asking to put respect on his name and, and so forth. Just crazy things are happening on a lot of these shows. You feel like it was like that back in the day?
2: Uh, yeah, but, you know, we didn't, we didn't have social media back then. You know, back when they had, like, even Sway had uh, the 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 Hyrule and Hobo Junction battles. I mean, those those were pretty notorious. I mean, um. There were some heavy moments in radio, but we didn't have social media and we weren't exploiting either. You know, a lot of these guys now exploit the fact that they have Nicki Minaj and ask her some foul shit just to get a response and, and, and try and go viral with it. You know, back then, you know, we've always been real respectful of the artists because, you know, we, we were about the music. So we weren't necessarily trying to ask, you know, Biggie if he ever had a homosexual encounter in his teenage years, you know what I'm saying? just to try and get a reaction to try and go viral.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that because even like as we run our podcast, you know, we really try to give a a lot of respect to the guests who come on the show. We give them final cut. We give them final edit. And we never, you know, we've been able to have really high-caliber guests because we're not asking like far-fetched questions to try to get them to say something that's going to get them into trouble. And it's Mm -hmm. almost... It's almost like uh, it's held against you, you know what I'm saying, if you're not uh, doing that. You know, we're really trying yeah. to just let the Bay Area and the community learn about some of these great people who've, like, been staples in the San Francisco Bay Area.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, that's, that was us. I mean, I want to I wanna talk to Sam Quinn on how he started rapping, you know. Um, you bring in, uh, you know, comedian. You want to talk to him about the show, but you want to ask him personal questions, you know. How's, how, how's life with you? You know, how, how are your kids? And you know, we, we weren't, we weren't doing that, that whole other thing.
1: What, what tips, you know, Hey, we're, we're starting in this space and there's a lot of people that are interested in, in whether it's, you know, hosting talk shows, radio podcasts, you always had an incredible gift for connecting with people, making them feel comfortable. What are some tips you can give to listeners on like how to bring the best out of people, how to get them comfortable and, and how to, you know, have a good radio show with good content?
2: Well, you're people, you know, and and you want to treat people like you want to be treated and you want to ask them the questions that's going to make them feel comfortable. And once you get, uh, you know, obviously you have a little conversation without asking the questions you want to ask on the air because you want the, the questions you ask on the air to be as spontaneous or as honest as they can be. But you want to get a little bit of information before you get on the air so you can see what it is you can touch on. So if you get a conversation started right now with um i don't know for argument's sake jay-z you say you know well you know i mean you had a great career bro i mean you know you're married to the hottest lady out there <laughs> you know what is this what is that and and, you, and and you kind of pick his mind for a second before you go on the air then once you get on the air you see what 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 triggered him when you were talking to him before you talked to him and so now you know that you can, you can Hit on certain things without pissing him off, because the last thing you want to do is piss somebody off, have them walk out on you on an interview.
1: Yeah did did that ever happen where people you just had them on a bad day, they come in the radio station, they're like, you know what, I'm I'm done, I'm out of here.
2: I haven't. I've seen it happen. I haven't, um, and that's just part of like like I said, you ask the wrong question, or you or you or you pressure him, or or, or press press an issue. You know, it's like, yo, why why. Why? Why do they accuse you of setting up Biggie? Why do people say that Jay Z had something to do with Biggie's death? Dude, leave it alone. He's not. That was never something you're trying to create. Something that wasn't, and, and it's like you know, some people will press it, and it's like, dude takes out his mic or or, or slams the door, and says, "I'm out of here."
1: Yeah. What? What? Uh, who are some of your favorite Bay Area icons to come into the to onto your show? Like some of your top like the top three or, you know, top couple that you just really enjoyed?
2: Oh, 40 is always funny because his lingo is so, so out of here. Like you don't even understand what he's saying sometimes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, so he's always said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have the the E-40 dictionary to, to translate what I said there for shizzle nizzle. You're know, like, okay, whatever. But he was always very funny because he had his own lingo. Um, some of the other guys that came through, there were always cool. Um, Short was always cool. But I had a relationship with him because he lived uh, uh, well, he didn't live. But he the, the Danger Studios were across the street from my son's mom's house. So when I go to my son's house, son's mom's house, I would see Two Short and Aunt Banks and Spice One across the street. And so I got a chance to meet them and hang out with them on a non-professional level.
0: Yeah. You just kick so, it.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I mean, even now if you if you ask short, you know, where you meet Chewy, he'll, he'll scream, Oh, Myrtle Street, Myrtle Street. <laughs> it's just it's just funny. Um, but um, you know, some of these guys I got a chance to, you know, meet and in, in, in cross it. Like, you know, when I met LaRue who goes by what does he go by now? LaRue, the hard hitter. I think he goes by the hard hitter. You're,
1: you're not talking about hard hitter Kareem Mayfield. That's a former bridge to no. bridge I mean, guest, I mean, the, the fighter.
2: And was it? Yeah, the fabulous that Fillmore. No, yeah. um, Larue was from Richmond, and anyway, so I met him at a gas station when he handed me his record, and and he said that was not the first time I had to do that record. I had to do to you before, and for whatever reason, when I handed it to you that second or third time, you actually put it in your car and you listened to it, and you you got a reaction out of it. But when I met him, I met him at a gas station. We were doing just a little impromptu sticker stop or whatever and and he came over and said hey and then i hit him back i'm like yo this song is banging bro well, the only problem i got is that you can't call your song coonin why i said uh no that's never gonna go over and i just can't see a dj on the radio talking about here's your la Rue's new song coonin and so he changed the song to "tycooning," and um and 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 changed some of the verbiage in it but you know and that became a big uh, local hit for him.
1: That's interesting you bring that up. I mean, because that's a how many how many people handed records to you? How many did you actually listen to? You know what I mean? Did you always listen to people's tracks? Um, I'm sure. I'm sure that's a that's a lot over 20 years. You must have been handed like you know a million records.
2: Yeah, that happened a lot. I mean, and, and some stood out from others, and some of them you didn't get chance to. Like, but I never threw them away. What I did was I had a stack of records and sometimes I'd be in my garage and I'd grab a record and i listen to it. It might be a month later, but um, I, I used to always save the, the CDs at the time or cassettes because at that time, they were still cassettes. And, you know, um, I had a stack of, of, of just local stuff of guys that I met and you'd listen to them and there's stuff that stood out and stuff that, you know, definitely never saw the light of day besides on their block or whatever the case may have been. Um, but, you know, we got, we got heavy music like all the time. Even still, I haven't been in radio in two years. I still, people will be like, yo, can I get your honest opinion on this record? i say, yeah, email us. I'll get a chance. i listen to it. And, um, and I, and I'll say, yo, this is what I think you should do with this. Or, you know, it's pretty good, but I think, you know, you need this, you need that.
1: For sure. For sure. Did you ever have, uh, um, the, the two Andres on the show, Nicotina and, uh, Mac Dre?
2: Uh Mac Dre never on the radio. We hung out a few times because my one of my best friends was his roommate when he first got out of jail. So <laughs> my man Bijan was his roommate. And so we you know we went and hung out and drove around in his his uh in his Mercedes and, and just kind of kicked it and he smoked and we watched. And we did a we did a few um if you listen to some of the older albums, my friend Bijan and I did a couple of the interludes on some of the albums. And then um he actually made a whole song about Chewie Gomez in one of his albums, um, not many people would say that, but you know, there was a Mac, Dre Chewy record that he put on his album. Um, Andre Nicotina, Dre Dog, never had him on the radio either, um, except later on, I uh, had him on to promote a show, but never as a, as a guest or as somebody to interview.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to someone who said they were almost a little too early. You know, stuff that they were rapping about back then, if they were in this time period and rapping about it now, would they would all be hits? And their music for us is is so so big and so important uh, in our young adulthood and. We're still going to try and get Andre Nicotina on the show. We're going to
1: warm him up. He he got back and said, "Hey, not my di- not my dig, you know, like, put thanks, y'all." I was like, all right, dude, wait till we have Chewy on there. We're going to surround him with all of his all of his cats until it's like, bro, you're the last one that hasn't been on. It's time. He had a. He's
2: a nice guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. he's cool. Uh, he had a he had a podcast I listened to recently. He started a podcast where he got into making. Um, Uh, Raven in My Eyes, and I thought it was a great – I mean, unbelievable. He talks about how he made Crack Raider Razor, and he's sitting in the Fillmore, and there used to be this, like, well-known guy they knew that was usually tweaking who came flying over the hill on his bike, and he kind of details that out. and I I thought it was fascinating, you know, for any Nicotina fan, definitely listen to – his podcast was awesome as far as, like, the story behind making the album, like, uh, unreal.
0: So can you dive in a little bit uh, and talk a little bit about your departure from Cameo and kind of what happened there?
2: Uh, I think, I mean, you know, we, we all speculate. We, there was no real reason. They say we're going to go in a different direction. Um, but I think it was more um, monetary. Um, I think uh, they were paying me too much or what they thought was too much. And, you know, like whenever they, 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 they hire somebody, they always cut the, cut the fat anyway. So whoever you replace, you're not going to make what they were making. Um, So um, now I was going strong. I mean, you know, out of the 20 years, I did did 10 in mornings. My motion and I did 10 years together. My uh, motion. The the morning show. Um, And so we were on fire. And, um, you know, they they said we're going to go in a different direction. But it was funny because the different direction that you chose was the same direction. We just changed the players because everything that Sana G was doing was stuff that I had done, whether it was the entertainment report or, or you know, the mix. The mix never changed. We just got rid of my emotion. You put Lex Jones, you just replace the players. So, I mean, those, those are an uproar because there was never a chance for me to say goodbye. There was never a chance for me to, you know, um, thank the Bay Area for tuning in to Chewy and uh, all that. It was just like, today's your last day. Can I go on the air tomorrow? Nope. That's it. Thank you. Thank you for your days of service. Whoa. Word? Yeah. And so I was that, that's, so,
1: so. That's whack. That's what,
2: right. So that's what made, you know, a lot of folks to like, where's Chewy?
0: Yeah. You know, and
2: it's crazy because I had just come back from vacation. I worked a week and then I got fired. And so so that was like they, a lot of people that, that may not have hurt me were like, Chewy went on vacation and never came back. What happened? Um. So um. to say the least, it it was it was sad, but it was excuse me. It was beautiful because I got a lot of my flowers after I got let go from KML. People are like, "Man, you are my youth, you were my childhood, bro. I love you, man." This and that, and and we had a huge party, and everybody you can name was there—from Richie Rich to Be Legit to all my favorite DJs from Sake One to Rob Reyes to My Motion to Scotty Fox, D Sharp. Um, you name it, they were there and, and we had it at the Mighty. And like I said, um, between that and and at that time, I guess, uh, um, Instagram was just kicking off. So the social media was incredible. Um, folks were just sending me so much love and telling me stories of how they had either met me or how I impacted their life or how we crossed paths. And so I was able to get my flowers and, and, and that made me feel good. You know, because normally, you know, if you don't tell people you love them. Or what they've done for you till they're dead. So that 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 was kind of like almost a a blessing um, out of and all that ugliness that happened.
1: Get to see the impact, you know, and 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 you're still, you know, doing stuff and and did stuff afterwards with CMC and all that stuff, but got mm-hmm. to see the impact. That is something that's that that is a a, a positive to take out of it for sure.
2: Right. And you know, and it's funny because I've I've, I've done CMC, which is which was the, was the beauty because I I've, I've, I've been on CMC over thirty years now, and so I was doing CMC while I was on KSO, while I was on Wild, while I was at um, KML, and I think that would also help put a face to the DJ. So people that would run home and watch CMC to catch the beautiful of CMC was that we played a lot of the local stuff, but still played the national stuff. So while we were playing, Drew Down. And Two Short Records and, and, and The Delinquents and San Quinn and JT the Bigger Figure and still playing Biggie and Jay Z, The Far Side, Cypress Hill videos. People got a chance to really connect and, and get a dose of of hip hop and r and, and be blessed. And that's why people still running to me. Like today, I went to go get a uh um some some stuff. And uh, this lady, <laughs> she heard me talking, and she goes, huh? I know that voice. You, you're, you're, you're the radio guy. You're that Chewy Gomez, huh? Said, yeah. She goes, man, you were my every morning. You were my dude. She dude. goes, I can never forget that voice. And it's like, I was just talking, and, and out of the blue, out of the corner, she's like, you're him, huh? You're him. Who? Who am I? playing
1: dumb yeah like like, no you're the guy yeah Yeah. they they um yeah well you know no podcast back then right you just had the radio Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. traffic you know no matter what they say about how bad traffic's got traffic always has sucked Mm -hmm. and and you know that was like the morning radio was all you had you know otherwise you're Mm -hmm. just sitting in silence in the car so that's like
0: me and Dom used to fight in the car like animals, man. It was. We have another brother who's as big. I'm. You. You met me. I'm six seven. He's six five. And our little brother, college football player, is six five. But he's a big boy. A yeah. lot of battles in the backseat of that car. <laughs>
1: they used to fight. Hey, Chewy. They used to fight over the. Um. You know what they fought over the most was Frenzy. the um, East Bay Sports Magazine that had all the the shorts and the shoes and stuff. Remember East Bay Catalog? Yeah. 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 And so what happened is is um, Dan, my younger brother would ask Mike, Hey, can I read that when you're done on the way to school? And Mike would go, yeah, no problem. He'd take his time, right? Looking through the page. He's trying to make it all the way to school. And then he would get to the back of the, of the catalog. He'd look at Dan and start it all the way over and once he did that dan would just start punching him (laughs) they start brawling my mom would be trying to drive you know hand in the back stop stop you know yelling at me to break him up chewy's Uh,
0: Chewy's voice over the radio just yeah
1: chewy just on there just going not knowing you didn't know in the radio station there's a war going on in the vehicle otherwise you would have been like Mm -hmm. hey knock it off you know like like uh so yeah man that's that's uh uh it's it's it's, uh that's some good good memories
2: um right great memories and it's funny because it's like and you know i mean for for some people it was like i was the guy that greeted them for their birthday every year like i had a lady who called me every year for her son's birthday And, and that was like for him that was the highlight of his birthday that he got to hear his name on the radio with chewy wishing him a happy birthday and you know had had your mom ever called me and said tomorrow when i'm in the car we're usually in the car about 8 10 <laughs> give a shout out to dom and say keep the peace yeah. i would have said that and yeah. you guys would have bugged the hell out of that oh yeah. we would have got but, nuts right you guys would have went nuts and so that's the kind of relationship i had with my listeners where people call me and be like yo tomorrow we're in the car at about seven forty-five. make sure you say tina you know uh Happy yo you got a big test yeah. be good right you know what i'm saying and so I was the guy, I wasn't doing the whole crazy doghouse thing that they were doing. Yeah, but I was the guy that you could listen to and hear good music, but grandma could be in the car and not be offended because Chewy was on the radio. Right. Yeah. If anything offended her would be the music, not Chewie. What
1: what what do you have? I mean, hey, you are the passion has always been audible um, on the radio. Advice to young people that are trying to find their way find something that like they care about, you know, what can you say about your longevity, how, how, how you did what you did for so long. And, and, you know, did you ever have days where you were like, I don't want to be on the radio or every day. Was it like, dude, I'm so pumped. This is what I love. No,
2: this is what I love. I mean, for me, um, radio is my everything, you know, provided, you know, aside from providing it, it was, it was something I enjoyed going to. Whether I was doing the morning show, that hurt a little more because you had to get up at four thirty in the morning. That hurt a little more. <laughs> that was the only thing that made it work was that you had to get up early. But aside from that, just you know, being able to connect with people and being part of people's memories and um, being able to play music and, and be in radio, I could be at work in shorts like I am right now, right. and I don't <laughs> have I don't have to wear khakis and a blue shirt and a tie to go sell commercials. I was the guy on the radio, so I can literally go in there in shorts and flip flops and do my show and nobody cared Um, but no I I loved every day I went to work I loved it and and even though we were playing the same music it was always different because you guys were different who called was different you know what I'm saying so like I said your mom could have called your grandmother could have called one of your brothers could have called and said my brothers are dickheads in the backseat is there any way you can shout them out yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's what made it all different.
0: Um, as far as advice for, for people coming up and and trying to make their way. Of
2: whether, well, regardless of whether you're trying to be in radio, you're trying to be in TV, you're trying to be a podcaster, you're trying to be uh, an actual DJ at a club, always give everything you want to do 110%. Um, that's what I tell people, you know, because if you love what you do, and like I said, it could be. Shit, you might want to be a a, a construction worker. You might want to make, you know, tables for a living. Whatever it is that you decide you want to put 110% in, it's always going to be fun for you because that's what you wanted to do. The fact that you get paid is a bonus. Like I tell people, like, I would do radio for free. I won't do it for free.
1: But but you would.
2: would. You know what I'm saying? Because I love the medium. But, you know, I'm not going to do it for free because I know that there's a value attached to that. And there's so many people that are that are um, cloud chasing that want to be in radio just to say they're in radio. I told somebody, I said, I could, I could never do radio again ever and be content. I've made my mark. I don't need to be on radio to say that I'm in radio. Radio never made Chewy Gomez. It helped propel. It helped expose. But I was always and will always be Chewy Gomez, whether I'm in radio or not.
0: That's sick.
1: For sure. No. You see I mean, what I'm saying? You, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, you, you built it. It was, it was, a it was a journey that you built along the journey. And there was a lot of stuff that wasn't defined. I, I would say another thing that's so interesting with kind of your story is a lot of people, um, they want to get into what they want to get into immediately there's not that patience. Right. And so you yeah. didn't come, you didn't go. When, when you got invited down from the DJ, you didn't come in and be like, I want to be on the radio. And they say, well, go carry these boxes. And you said, well, that's not what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know, you had it in your mind knowing that that's where you wanted to go, but you're like, all right, I'll, that, that part will come up. I'm going to do this stuff because right. right now it's on the journey. I enjoy doing it.
0: DJ and, lessons at the library. I'm sure you didn't have to do that, but it's yeah. like, yeah,
1: that's a That's yeah, no, a, hey. a Key.
2: No, no, it's it's all it's all part of the process that people don't understand. There is a process to things. And the process could be just as much fun as the end result. Because trust me, when I was driving around the van, I heard so many stories from the DJs I was driving around that it gave me insight that I could later use for my for my personal career. And so me driving around the JoJo Wrights, driving around um Dancing Mark Hansen, driving around Barry Pope. Marcos Gutierrez, all these DJs are, are DJs that were back in the radio back in the day. Some of them still exist and still are in radio. Uh, but you know, a lot of that stuff and a lot of time I spent with them was fun, and it was part of my 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 process of becoming Chewy Gomez and finding myself. And so, you know, yeah, there there is a process that you got to go through, regardless of what what it is that you're going to do. You know, if you want to be a mechanic, you can't just you know change. Uh, 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 manifolds overnight. You gotta yeah. learn how to how to change the oil first. Change a spark plug.
0: Yeah, Stewart, you, stewardship. You, you probably gave a lot of this game to your son, huh? Who, who I know he's got a clothing company and uh, he's a homie. Shout out to uh, to him.
2: Darius, young Migo Digo. Yeah. yeah, now Darius Darius was with me though. The funny part is when Darius was. You know, I was a young dad, so like I said, part of the movement for me moving was to provide for him. But also, him he was he was at the radio station with me, and a lot of people. If you guys watch CMC, he was sitting on my lap many a days on CMC, and you're listening to my daddy Chewy Gomez, uh-huh. and, uh, and so he he soaked up a lot of game by just being around,
0: right? You know
2: whether daddy told him or or daddy's surroundings because he hung out with whoever I hung out with. He saw L-O-K-U-J, I saw J. Right. He saw San Quinn. I saw San Quinn. And, and, you know, some of the other DJs around, whether it was Big Vaughn or whether it was Trey's Dog and and Franzen, showing them what a joint was uh, while I was on the radio. Uh, you know, that sort of stuff just happened. And, you know, that was part of his upbringing. So, you know, Darius Darius was gamed up.
0: Yeah.
1: He, he's got to uh, swap some stories with uh, – we had GP2 on the, on the show. And we were like, yo, we were like, does, does E40 really have – a bowling alley or, you know, did Gary pay, did your dad have a bowling alley? He's like, yeah, he had it, you know? And like, Uh that's gotta be for him having those memories, you know, like, like, uh, those characters were just fixtures, you know, just like, that's like, you know, uncle 40 water. Uh, right. So that's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. I mean, how many kids get a chance to have a picture with bow wow and you're just as tall as bow wow. And, uh, you know, he's got pictures with L O cool J and he's got pictures with 40 water and you know, we're sitting there in front of the, the big cameo master cruiser bus and he's surrounded by all the DJs and you know it was good. It was good for all of us.
1: You yeah. you've been around anyone, I gotta what was there was there ever a moment early on in your DJ career where, where like like as far as star caliber, you were just like, Holy shit, like I got
2: yeah, I, ice
1: cube. Ice cube, ice cube
2: for, for me as a fan, just as a fan, uh it was just Out of here when I got a chance to finally sit across from him the first time of many times.
1: Were you nervous before?
2: Hell yeah! I mean that's Ice Cube. Yeah, that's O'Shea Jackson.
1: Yeah, dude, Uh, that was a
2: big deal. You know what I'm saying? That was a big deal for me. So, um, and then later on, you know, having a personal relationship with with uh, Scarface of the Ghetto Boys. You know, it's another one of the the homies. You know, you can call up and pick up the phone and be like, "Hey, Brad, what's up?" And you yeah. Go, <laughs> At the other end, and it's like you—who the fuck that you can pick up the phone and call Brad? Say, hey, Brad. Right. Who the hell is Brad? Scarface. Right. Oh, you call him Brad? My dad.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you know, it's, it's just funny. So some of these guys, you know, like I said, knowing Short Dog on, on a personal level, not the rapper, is is you know, dear to me.
0: Yeah, that's dope, sure. man. Well look, dude, we could probably talk to you all day. Before we let you go, we do a lightning round um where we ask a couple of Bay Area focused questions.
1: You got it, you got the belt. So the the current belt holder right now is Mark Suchu, the, the uh 2021 Thrasher Skater of the Year. We've had some some near close calls. That's the that's the belt right there, the bridge to bridge belt. We'll get that to nice. you if you win. I got to tell you, though, we make it real difficult. Like, like the questions, there's four questions. And the last question is like, so we're going to break these questions into four parts. We'll start with like, you know, uh, intern, street team, night show, and then we'll have main show, main stage. That's the fourth question. So we got some softballs and uh, let's get to it. Um, okay. Okay. Someone across the pond on your on your former 1077, who is the red-headed DJ from 94.9? He held court there for a little while. Strawberry. Uh, Strawberry hey. DJ Strawberry. My guy cruises out of the in-turnaround as expected. It's just like, yo, okay. Okay, I know you're from South San Francisco, right? You went to South San Francisco High School. Did you live in that area too? Okay. so Still live here. Still live
2: okay. in South
1: City. Okay, so – you if should get you, this one. If you want like a nice uh, Italian sandwich on some Dutch crunch bread, large you got size. A little Luca. little oh, Lucas. Little okay. Lucas bam, dude. Cruising, just
0: cruising. He might be the champ soon, bro.
1: Man, okay, I got a throwback history question. This one's a little bit tougher. So you you were on KMEL and before you got there there was a mascot that was designed for KMEL. It was an animal and they used to it was the what? The camel. Oh, dude, camel! It, bro, camel.
0: Cr-
1: cruising through
0: this. Okay, dude, you're supposed to make this hard, dog. dude. I'm, I'm hard out here trying. I'm out because here the trying.
2: These are hard, but I, y'all, I'm Bay Area. I wasn't born here. I was born in Mexico, but I've been
0: here since I was five. You're, so you're I'm a Bay, bay Area kid, bro. Yeah, you're Bay with
1: it. Okay, for the for the belt, this is for the belt. I'm gonna play you an intro to a Bay Area song. And it's a little skit before the song. You have to tell me the name of the song and the artist.
0: Bro, he's a DJ. You going to get this.
1: This is tough. There, there's so many tough. songs. There's there's so many songs. Here we go. Let's see. This is the operator. I have a collect call from... Hey, this time With an inmate a California... That's
2: Mac Dre. That's Mac Dre. I don't know the intro to what song. I know it's... Hold on. It's Mac Dre.
1: Hold, hold, hold! Because because I'm gonna give you one chance to. It, it's not Mac Dre. I'm gonna give you a a Bay Area pass on that. It is not Mac <laughs> Dre. I'm gonna play it one more time. You want to listen to the full pull? And obviously, I'm
2: trying to pull
0: my finger quick. The only, <laughs> the just... only.
1: I'm gonna play it for you one more time, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a hint we on the. We got his
0: interest now, dog. Yeah. Nah, 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 you, nah, we I'm had sure your curiosity.
1: I'm, 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 now we got your interest.
2: Okay, now nah, let's go.
1: This is the operator. I have a collect call from. Hey, this is partner, man. Who is an inmate in a California state prison? To deny charges,
0: hang up now. To accept charges, press five now.
1: Oh, you, you got that you. little—you got that little kick drum. I'll tell you this: the yeah, picture—that's yeah, no, that,
2: that, an E forty record. Uh,
1: yes, it is. Yes, it that, is. That's,
2: a, that's an E forty record, but that wasn't my trainer. Was like, Damn, who the fuck was that? It's oh, an E forty
1: yeah. record. Do you do you know the name? one of his throwbacks there's a picture of him cooking something up inside of a watch and it was a hit and
2: yeah
1: you you got the you got the tune
2: no i got the tune because i heard that just that little bit of of, of the beat just gave it to me but i need the um, name dude i need the name
1: play the song through your head
0: the l One
2: love. Oh. Wow, dude!
1: <laughs> you got it, bro. So,
2: so, who was who was who was in the intro?
1: Just one of his homies that was doing time at a, a California oh. correctional.
2: But you remember, you remember, Mac Dre did the whole album
1: from jail. Maybe oh, that yeah. is Mac Dre. No, no, who? That that's he E40 right whole there. Album. No, well, right
2: I know, no, I know that,
0: I know that it's E40. But maybe that's Mac Dre calling him.
1: Oh, it might have been Mac Drill. Yeah, nah, they, they they
2: weren't homies like that.
1: Yeah, they weren't homies. That was No, there was Mac Dre had a lot of, you know, he, <clears throat> he had a, cre- a previous question on the Romper Room gang um and and uh but that was E41 Love. You pulled it out so I'll tell you what with great pride Chewy Gomez is the current bridge Bridge to bridge bridge champion champion. mike is going to get that belt to you with a little lucas sandwich yeah with a little lucas sandwich
0: yeah on us bro on us
1: and you're going to hold that until until someone else takes it which you know that's going to be with pride with pride With, with pride man that is uh hey i'll just say we've had a lot of people on the show but few you know bay area actual legends in the game and like you said you defined radio in the bay area you are a bay area legend and that's why you can call any of those folks on speed dial at any time so um thank we you are, yeah dude thank you for coming on and like uh it's 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 a it's an honor for us to have you
2: i appreciate the invitation you guys i, I definitely thank you guys for having me on hey, hey, hey. okay okay
0: okay